Shout to the latest internet sensation. Nine. We are YOLO. YOLO. Can I say hi? Hi. Seven. I think we need to stick to a plan. Six. I just got bitten by a bullet. I don't even think Five. I have to react to that one. This Four. is Triple M's Summer Breakfast. Three. With Seth Costello and Lawrence Murray. How was your weekend, mate? It was awesome. I was, uh, I was told in no uncertain terms by my wife that I have done nothing in the run-up to Christmas. Because <laughs> I said to her, I think I've got all my Christmas shopping done. And she said, you are a fool. You've done nothing. I have I've organised all the food, the decorations, the tree. I've been shopping for weeks out of Chatty. You've done nothing. And I think that that is the, the woman's prerogative to say that because they really run Christmas don't they we just watch in amazement mm. as women go bananas this time of year and organise everything and then we just go oh my god mm. they're amazing hats off to the grandmas mothers sisters nieces mm. whatever it is to the turkey stuffers to the present buyers <laughs> to the Christmas tree decorators god love you all we need Craig Willis to voice that to really <laughs> beef it up into epicness to now, the turkey stuffers <laughs> to the Christmas tree decorators and to all the present buyers. Good on you. <laughs> this is the 2015 Christmas. LG. Life's yeah, good. It, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. There you are. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't sort of move on from the weekend without talking about the weather. How'd you go? Did you survive well, the heat? Well, I did survive the heat and uh, we, I was on the phone to Olive out in Bayswater, my mum. Mm. Uh, she hadn't turned the air conditioner on, on on Saturday. My brother went out to see her and the house is steaming and he said, mum, why haven't you got the air conditioner on? She goes, oh, I don't know. I feel very weak. It's like, yeah, three more hours of this and you'd be dead, Olive. So, uh, yeah, she survived and so did I. But it was very Melbourne, wasn't it? We had it all. We had it all. Oh, absolutely. I went up for lunch in the Air of Valley yesterday mm-hmm. and went up there in 40 mm-hmm. degrees. <laughs> Turn it up. Went up, went up there in 40 My driver, Harold, <laughs> took me out to the Air of Valley. No, <laughs> it was Bree's sister's 30th, so we went out to okay. lunch, went out there in 40 degree heat, came back, and just as we passed Melbourne's equivalent of the big pineapple or the big koala, which of course... Is, is the big, the big cappuccino big... on top of Lilydale Maccas. As we came through the highway, the rains just started coming down. It was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was delicious. A bit of relief. Leave the doors and windows open and get that heat out. Just a mm. quick yes or no to this, Lawrence. Maybe. Okay, Seb Costello. Is it appropriate to go barefoot in the supermarket? Mm, it's a big one. There's so much that goes on in the supermarket that isn't accepted in other parts of society. <laughs> I think it's okay to go barefoot in the supermarket. Mm. I think it is okay to, to go barefoot. You and I will disagree on this. Last night, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, Lawrence Mooney, Usman Khawaja, bashing his way to Boxing Day, basically, with 109 of 70 balls. It was a tremendous innings. And if you can make a century on the MCG in T20, mm. you're probably in line to have a crack at it come four days' time and a so Boxing Day test. The hamstring was looking good. There's no cloud there for Usman Khawaja. Most Im- I mean, he was running ones, twos and threes as a batsman. But most importantly, the Thunder batted first. They won, if you're just joining us this morning. Uh, and he was able to field out the game as well, which was the real test because that's how he did it in the first place. Mm. Now, are we going to tackle the big issues here about uh, being barefoot in the supermarket? Well, I will come back to that later in the morning because the Lord Mayor, Robert Doyle, is joining us. And surely, On the issue? Surely he could not be a barefooter. 
a disgusting barefooter. But <laughs> disgusting <laughs> barefooter. Yeah. It's the time of year for a barefoot. No, boat. no. There is one special rule in which I will allow barefoot supermarket work, but I'll tell you that okay. later in the morning. The tweets are coming in on the barefoot in the supermarket issue. Adam says, bare feet, PJs, Ugg boots, shirtless, etc., all acceptable. Totally acceptable. Pajamas and Ugg boots Adam, particularly. No, you need re-education. Speaking if you've got the Peter Alexanders on, just pop well, down, get yourself a couple of litres of milk. That's a bit different. The Peter's a sort of high-end kind of stuff. I'm a big fan of Peter. But another tweet coming through on a completely separate issue, Hyphen. Yes, well, last week we heard all about Lawrence losing his wallet, and uh, Jared Hayne over the weekend lost his as well. Mm. One of the top five most annoying things that can happen in life, he's tweeted, finding it two days later before cancelling your credit cards is priceless. Yes, it's a bummer. <laughs> uh, can I ask you guys, do you know the n- number of your credit card? The oh, expiry no. date and over on the what? What is the number? Is it a CCV or a? Oh, yes, no, a CCV, a CCV number. Yeah, because yeah, that, that's what I have to do when I get a new credit card. Learn the numbers, so it's up here. Mm. Got it up here, just in case I'm ever separated from it and need to eBay very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's Warney Day. Shane Warne to join us as a guest co-host on the show after eight. Very excited to, to have Warney in here. Legend, man about town, raconteur. Bon vivant. <laughs> Australia's party fir- boy. Australia's first citizen. Actually, he was named number one in the Herald Sun list of cricketing party boys on the weekend as a breakout to their uh, feature piece on Chris Gardner. Right. Mm. There was a drop down, a mm. sidebar. <laughs> exactly. What other cricketing party boys did they list? Uh, Beefy Botham was in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A man that holds a press conference at his front door wearing nothing but a pair of jocks. Uh, is is a is a man after my own <laughs> and heart. And who is the uh, bowler from the subcontinent who had to be treated prior to one of the World Cups because he'd contracted warts <laughs> of the sensitive area? I think it was Shoaib Akhtar. Yeah, it was. And Shoaib Akhtar was <laughs> what? Wow. Wow, what an injury to uh, have listed in the paper. <laughs> well, <laughs> Shoaib Akhtar will miss two warts. Not a hamstring or a... <laughs> An AC joint (laughs) or an adductor. It'd ruin your World Cup campaign if you had to roll them over with warts. Well, that's uh, that's what a true sportsman can do. No, a true sportsman contracts them after the World Cup. A true sportsman carries a venereal disease into the World Cup, but still (laughs) focuses on the job at hand. More on the best of the hot breakfast with Ed McIndass this morning and after seven. The debate of the day: Is it acceptable to go barefoot in the supermarket? Mm. It's a hot issue, and I think it is. Seb, you come down on the other side of the fence. Heathen. And Lawrence, on Saturday, me and the Dahl went down to the local supermarket. The Bree. Indeed. The Breezer. The Breezingham United. That's enough of that. Thank you. Okay. And I saw something that just disgusted me. Mm-mm. Down at the supermarket. It was a man who was wearing, first of all, he was in one of those singlets that just makes it impossible to avoid looking at his nipples. <laughs> you know those ones with the low, yeah. Yeah, so the, the big armholes. Yeah, and so. I, I find men's underarm hair particularly <laughs> offensive oh, when you. it comes to those singlets. Well, anyway, as I darted my eyes to the floor to avoid seeing his nipples, mm. there was the true horror revealed. In the supermarket on a Saturday afternoon, shoeless. You are. Outraged. He was barefoot, and just to, just in case I thought he had any, you know, f- redeeming feature, as he walked away, he then returned back to the fresh produce aisle, and you know where he was going. Where was he headed? Straight to the grapes, where rather than subtly nick a little grape and just pop it in the gob, he <laughs> thought about it, found the most juicy one. 
threw it up in the air like it was nice. a kid with an acorn <laughs> and then threw it down his mouth and went off looking very self-satisfied. If you cannot allow your bare feet to come within centimetres of the fresh produce that I'm about to purchase. Now, hold on. I'm not saying that there has to be strong dress standards. I don't need to see patented leather mm. shoes and suits. But is it that difficult if you are going to go out in public where food is being sold to at least have footwear? Well, you know, you are a man of... Of high standards, but you <laughs> also a high standard. you live a rarefied kind of a life. I don't, like I Jeeves don't has driven you out of the supermarket, Lawrence Mooney, and now you're right, furious that everyone's let's not wearing leather brogues. How many hours I'm putting in compared to how many hours you're putting in? There is no sense of there is hard work, sweat, and tears here. But you're obviously a barefooter to be uh, knocking up like that. <laughs> I think that when it comes to the supermarket, a lot of the rules of society do not apply. Yes. It's like a diplomatic free zone mm -hmm. it's uh you can go in barefooted you can also feel free to consume you can't go in whatever you want uh in the supermarket oh, without so having theft's to okay too. well theft's tell me okay. tell me that you've never theft. sampled thief <laughs> thief fresh produce at the supermarket <laughs> never tasted a grape for the sake of this argument no okay <laughs> so like i said there's you know stealing is wrong outside the supermarket mm -hmm. you can't leave with things you haven't paid for but within the supermarket you want to take a picnic blanket in there, get a chicken from the deli, sit down and feed your family, you can. I've seen a guy eating from a packet of Tim Tams at the top of his trolley and I thought, you didn't bring those with you, mate. No. Was he wearing shoes? I think he was completely without pants too. I think uh, I think you can go to the supermarket dressed however you want. You can go in, in your PJs if you want. You can go in a nighty. Well, look... I don't mind so much. We've all worn the singlet and the shorts and everything, but shoes isn't that much to ask. The so University of Florida. Okay. Well, thongs is at least a token. I'd prefer closed toe shoe, but a thong at least gives an inch of rubber between your dirty sole and <laughs> of the foot and the fresh produce aisle. I mean, let's face it, they could be walking anything into that supermarket in their bare feet. I mean, I, I think you can go however you want, but when you talk about, you know, foot uh, health, I'm I'm not one for a cracked heel. But one that, triple uh, three five three. Story. Let's finish this debate once and for all. Is it acceptable to go barefoot in the supermarket? <laughs> one triple three five three is the number. You can get us on Twitter at MMM Hot Breakfast. Let me just leave you with this. When the University of Florida did swabs of public places a few years ago, mm. Lawrence, they found, among other things, E. coli, listeria, salmonella. Fungus and Staphylococcus. Staphylococci. There you go. That's mm. what I was looking for. Right. All disgusting things that should not be near the avocados that I'm about to purchase. Going I've never seen you as angry as you are. It's right sickening now. that people with their dirty souls, both beneath their ankles and also within their hearts, figuratively and literally, would walk barefoot through a supermarket where I'm getting my food. Is it acceptable to go barefoot in the supermarket at Lansfield? Harley, what's your thoughts? No, I work in a supermarket. It is absolutely disgusting. Spare really? a thought for people like Harley, you E. coli <laughs> stomping, disgusting human being, Lawrence Mooney. It must annoy you, Harles. No, absolutely. It's, oh, it's, so, it's so wrong on so many levels. Thank you, is, mate. It, is it the male uh, of the species or the female foot that gets you the angriest, Harley? Uh, it's mainly the female. Oh, surprisingly, yeah. they come in, you know, 
in the nightgown. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the nightgown. Yeah. And you can probably yeah, smell Listen to this. you guys. They've, they've been given the vote. What next? They're walking no. around barefooted. I, Lawrence, after this, you have to disclose what supermarket you go to so we can all avoid contracting salmonella mm. from your heels. At Croydon, Nick, is it acceptable to go barefoot in the supermarket? Definitely. Oh, of course it is. Nico. Yeah, it's right to do it anywhere. I mean, yeah. That's fine. I mean, anything you're going to traipse in in bare feet, you're going to traipse in on your shoes anyway. Oh, now I will, no, I will no. question that. And, of course, it's summertime. It's almost un-Australian to say you've got to put shoes on in oh, summer. Oh, okay. We're using... Don't you reckon, Nick? Oh, thanks. Uh, That's right, definitely. Thanks, yeah, If I, I knock off work, take my shoes off, I don't put them on until the next morning. Lawrence, on reclaim you. Australia Mooney, playing yeah. the un-Australian card. Absolutely. Oh, if, in fact, if you wear footwear <laughs> to a supermarket <laughs> and you're within 10 kilometres of the coast... Mate, mate, That's the other thing. What about... You're when basically you're, pissing on the Don, mate. You know, well, he yeah, would have but, loved going to, wearing no shoes in the supermarket. But what about when Jeeves drives you down to Point Lonsdale uh, yeah. for the summer? Are you allowed to? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, Monica, is it acceptable to go barefoot in the supermarket? It's not acceptable to go barefoot anywhere oh, outside of your house. Spot on. It's a basic rule for living, isn't it? Leave your house. Make sure you've got shoes on your feet. Thank really? you. Yep. yep. Now, let, let me just ask you this. What about, you know, it's summertime, you're down the coast... Jeeves is taking you down to Point Lonsdale. <laughs> and uh, you're, if, you're, if you're in a coastal climb, are you allowed to go into the coastal supermarket barefooted or do you have to put your, your brogues well, on? Well, this is a very interesting question. First of all, I don't know who this Jeeves is. So obviously it's, your, it's, it's, show, it's your familiarity with drivers that has led you to this point. But yeah, look, I'm prepared to consider if you can see water from the place of business, mm. then maybe potentially. Speaking of water, this man probably sees it often because he's at Torquay. Hey, Adrian, is it acceptable to go barefoot in the supermarket? Mate, every second person in my supermarket goes there barefoot. Mate, so, do you get yeah. regular health checks? What uh, they do, but yeah. It's, you see the little kids, they're in training. Like No, no, no one wears shoes. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm glad the kids are in there because people who would go barefoot in the supermarket would generally leave them in the car park in well, the car on a 40-degree day. <laughs> Oh, wow. You really, they, there's a type, is there? A barefooted type of person. Oh, so and they, so, they so shoe all responsibility. Mis, suddenly Mr. Jeeves and Mr. Chauffeur is getting upset about stereotyping. Oh, wow. okay, yeah, good. What's well, fine for one is not fine for the other. Well, let's the leave final word. the final word at McRae down there on the beautiful Mornington Peninsula. Lauren, you have the final say. You need to wear shoes all the time. Boom. And I'm a, and I'm a podiatrist. You need to wear shoes all the time. Why, why do you need to wear shoes all the time? Because there's there's fungal infections, there's viral infections, mm, there's viral. just that many things you can be getting on your feet. It's gross. Really? Spend a day with me and you'll be wearing shoes all the time. So you're a podiatrist? Yes. Can you answer the big question today, Lauren? What is the difference between a chiropodist and a podiatrist? Chiropodist is like old school podiatrist. Right. A chiropodist is... You, Podiatrists do a lot more things than chiropodists do now. Right. They do like um, gait assessments and more lower limb sort of oh. stuff, whereas chiropody is just toenail cutting. Toenail cutting and corn shaving. There yes. you go. Mm. Yeah. Lauren, thanks for your call. And make no sure worries. you wear your shoes, Lauren. And clothes. <laughs> Living in McRae, I just want to say, if you're going to come to the supermarket, don't come in. Boom. What is it? The, the food land or the one down near the lighthouse? <laughs> Yeah, I need more than one millimetre of lycra between you and me. Thank and you. Oh, you see, you've got, there is a type because Lawrence Mooney wears lycra regularly. So, yeah, Lauren, I'm always in the budgie smugglers <laughs> down at the McRae supermarket. <laughs> Thanks to all our callers and Twitterers on the big issue of the day, which is the 
Barefoot in the supermarket. Steph mm. says she takes Uggs into a supermarket at a stretch, but barefeet is boganic. Well, that's all very well coming from you, Steph. But I think, though... No, uh, it's a good expression, w- though. Boganic is yeah. great. Mm. But let, let people be. It's summertime in <laughs> it Australia. Summertime, no, it's Go to the supermarket in your bare feet with your shells for toenails. I'm, now, I'm fascinated by people's toenails. Yeah. Like, how did you <laughs> let it get that long? On Christmas Day, uh, a lot of people decide not to get together with family and friends, but decide to give their time to those less fortunate than ourselves and uh, work at various charities serving Christmas dinner to the poor mm. and the disenfranchised, the marginalised and those people who are down on their luck. I used to actually, uh, a couple of decades ago, work at Osnham House in Flemington Road there, run by the St Vincent de Paul Society. And uh, I'd never worked at Christmas Day, but they'd have a, a Santa there. Um, the people, they'd, they'd serve about 300 meals on a Christmas Day. And uh, a large component of what makes up, you know, the homeless and the uh, disadvantaged is people with, you know, mental illness, unfortunately, who have been, uh, they're not institutionalised, they're just living on the street. And uh, one such man was upset by the the sight of Santa. He was uh, in the queue to see Santa. And this is a tragic story and also a fairly funny story because he started to become very agitated at the sight of Santa, screaming and shouting and was kind of upsetting what was going on in the main food hall there. And uh, he he approached Santa and he started attacking Santa. And uh, then Santa stood up and knocked the poor man out. <laughs> and so somehow, I mean, that's awful to see Santa, you know, being violent. No one wants to see that, but he's got to protect himself, of course. But weirdly and ironically, the the man's issues with Santa were well founded because uh, he didn't trust Santa. He was scared of Santa, and he precipitated a situation that convinced him that in fact he was correct. Mm. Santa was dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so meeting Santa doesn't always go well, and be friendly around him because uh, the big man, he's a reasonable man, Santa, but he has got his limitations. He's got a good right hook. <laughs> The Lord Mayor of Melbourne, soon to become the longest-serving Lord Mayor ever of this fine city. Good morning, Robert Doyle. Seb, Lawrence, good morning. Good morning, Robert. Uh, first of all, let's get uh, get cracking on what's happening in this fair city of ours. Buskers, uh, do they have a, an agenda to have to Christmas it up a bit? Um, <laughs> by instruction of the Lord Mayor, yeah, there must be a carol amongst your, uh, that's your right. Peruvian pan pipes. That's right. You know, that's, well, I've only got half a dozen of those going at the moment, so I'm a bit mm. worried oh. that I'm, I'm well down on the Peruvian pan pipes. But um, they, these are people who do it throughout the city and they raise money for the salvos. So they're not normally buskers. We give them a special license. They're often school kids or people you know, giving their time and they do carols and they play instruments. So when you see mm. these kids around the city wearing the green T-shirt and you give them a gold coin, you're helping out the salvos, which is a good thing to do. That's great. MCG yeah. last night, Robert, the debut of the fence for the BBL game and it's going to be in charge for uh, Boxing Day as well and then perhaps into the AFL season. Do you think it's a good thing? Look, I think it's the world we live in, isn't it? I mean, it's just one of those things that we're going to have to get used to. We've been used to, you know, whenever I go to the races, which is as often as I possibly can, (laughs) uh, you know, you're in the line there and people are checked. If you're going into the Grand Prix, you know, and sometimes people have said, oh, it's a pretty cursory old check. And sometimes it is. Well, I think those days are gone. You know, when we gather in big crowds, I think, you know, you're going to go through these bag checks, you know, more thoroughly with, with more scrutiny. And, and this fence is a way, of course, of, of also controlling that crowd. You know, whenever you go to a conference or a convention around the world, this is what happens outside the hotel. Once you're inside, then you're fine. 
Um, but I, I think, un, unfortunately, it's a sign of the times. Has council done <clears throat> this sort of preparatory work? Is there somebody at council who goes through, you know, what if we had this sort of situation happen you on bet. Swanson Street? Yeah. You bet we do. Um, we do it the whole time. On New Year's Eve, when people are enjoying themselves, I'll have an emergency operations centre operating with probably 35 people in it. Um, all the emergency services, of course, uh, police, our own security people, risk people, transport people. And with those CCTV cameras throughout the city, there are eyes on the city, as well as mm. police officers, security, our people out on the street. And of course, that they kind of do scenarios where they work out what we do if, for instance, has happened one year, the Lord Mayor sets the art spire on fire with fireworks and then <laughs> drops it into the crowd. And I then remember that. How, do you, how do you get a fire truck through a crowd of 500,000 people? Anyway, <clears> that was a useful live exercise and no one was hurt, which was good. But no, the serious answer is, yeah, for every major event... We start planning well in advance. Uh, anytime there's a large gathering of people in the city, that includes times like Christmas when it's really busy, uh, and we make sure that we keep people as safe as we can by pre-planning. Mm. I remember that time that the yard spire almost blew up because I felt sorry for you because you no, done... you didn't. You I thought did. you thought good story, <laughs> great vision, you know, contrite well, Lord Mayor. It did have it all, but I did. Lord Mayor, sorry. Lord Mayor burns down city icon. <laughs> yeah. You know, resigns on camera. <laughs> Seb Costello, oh, well, Walkley Award. No we, worries. We, we tried our best. Thank but, you. Uh, no, I, I, because I thought the poor guy's gone out. He's you know had a good time. It's New Year's Eve, and the last thing you probably expected was to have to back up again and do a press conference on the first of January. Yeah, and you did. I did. Well, you know, you, you've got to try to explain yourself when you do try to burn down a part of the city <laughs> during New Year's <laughs> Eve celebrations. But uh, now we worked our way through that, and uh, you know, we it was a learning for us as well. That one that was about putting those mm. cylinders up and how to do it properly. <laughs> um, so, but but every time you you think about big crowds now, you think about safety and security. And, and that's just a normal part of what we do. And, you know, all of those emergency service people are not just, you know, normal people from the police or the AMBOs or the fireys or the SES. These are people who are deeply, deeply expert in keeping large crowds safe. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit opposed to the fence myself. I think we have had this debate already, Seb, and uh, more, you know, incursions on our freedom. I think the terrorists may have won. Uh, no, uh, no, see, they win if we don't go to the game. You know, if we change our way of life, yeah, but that's right. But you take normal precautions, though. I mean, that, I don't, I don't. I mean, the precautions are already taken. I think putting an extra fence there that can only interfere with the movement of people around the MCG. I, I think it's not only a danger, but it's an incursion on our liberties. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to take it. You know, if that's what it takes to keep people safe. I mean, that's the trade-off in today's world, isn't it? You've got, to, you've got to make up your mind. Yeah. You know, have I got the perfect liberty to walk across the street any time I want, regardless of where the lights and the traffic are? Well, you can probably do it. But as I'll be saying later on this morning, please don't, you know. Uh, so I, I think, I, I see your point, Lawrence, but I, I just think it's the world we live in. We've got to get used to it. We're used to it now at airports, you know. Yep. It used to be that you could sort of <clears throat> breeze through pretty quickly, not any longer. Robert, we were just talking off air about the recent state government move to ban commercial net fishing in the bay over the next few years. What was your take on that decision? Oh, I'd rather see the commercial fishermen stay. I mean, there are only quite a, a few of them. It's sustainable, and Fisheries Victoria, even the Greens say it's sustainable. Um, and, and, you know, this is the stuff that goes onto your plate. It, it can be caught at four or five in the morning. It's on your plate at lunchtime in the city. Um, now the fish will have to come from further away. It won't be the same quality. It won't be the same variety. And, and for me, it just loses a little element of Melbourne's specialness, and that's our, our eating and having a glass of wine. And, look, 
If it were not sustainable, I wouldn't argue for it. It is sustainable. Everybody says so. I mean, even the Greens say it's sustainable. So <clears throat> I just, I can't understand this move. I think who, it's populist. Who, who are the main opponents of these fishermen? Oh, the recreational fishers, you know, the, the sort of mum and dad fishermen and fisherwomen. But the, the point is you can coexist. You know, when you were talking about our, our liberties before, the, the way to go about something is not to ban it. You know, that, the, the way to go about it is working out how can we live together in a sustainable way. And, and that, by the way, that's what you're seeing at the moment between a taxi industry that's been caught napping and Uber. You know, you, you can't just say, oh, no, we're going to hold Uber out forever. We're not going to allow them into the, you know, mm. that's not how it's going to play out. But it's killing the taxi industry, isn't it? Well, the taxi industry, I think, not all of them, you get, you get some great professional taxi drivers, often the ones who are individuals who own their own cabs. But some of the others forgot about customers a long time ago. And, and there were these brokers ramping up the prices of the plates. You can't tell me you can afford a 460,000 set of license plates, but you can't pay 30 grand every couple of years for a new car. I've got to be driven around in something that's done a million and a half kilometres that, that smells like an old sand shoe and, and is headed in the wrong direction. At, at the best of times. Yeah. Uh, hey, Take me to the MCG. Oh, is that the one next to the airport? Yeah, mate, it's the one next to the airport. Well, Uber's you know? put forward their case to become a legal service operating Victoria, as is the case in other parts of Australia. As we speak, they say an annual licence fee for drivers of $150 would sort of cover costs and maybe offset some of the losses of those who've paid big money mm. for taxi licences. What do you think of that plan? Uh, look, I, I think the government's going to have to come up with a plan of their own. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, you know, I haven't gone into how you would regulate them. The only thing I know is it's already happening. So it's not a matter of being able to stop it. It's a matter of working out how do they fit into the overall transport solutions. And, and that's what the government's going to have to do. And, and the longer you delay, um, the situation doesn't get any better. But, you know, to be honest, not, again, not all of them. I know some great tra taxi operators and drivers. Um, and I used to drive a taxi myself when I was at uni. So I know what sort of a job it is, but it's a service industry. And if you are not offering really good service to your customers, mm. they will go elsewhere. And that's what's happened here. And they Lawrence want water and to, they want mints. They yeah. do. You used mm. to drive taxis. I did. Yeah. I, I wrote a, a show called uh, Where To in 2007, drove taxis for a few months to find out what it was like because I, I got to a point where I thought, you know, taxi drivers are just copying hell from passengers out there. But it's changed completely. It's amazing that an, a, an, an app has basically overtaken an industry with yep. no fixed assets. They've just come in and swept it aside. Whether it's going to be legalised or not, it's in. It's going to be used. It'll be legalised. Look, they tell me the. I was listening when I was at APEC recently to one of the directors, and and he was giving worldwide stats on Uber, and he talked about Australia, and he said the average driver works for less than 10 hours a week in Australia. So it's something people are choosing to do as a supplement to their income. And basically they're choosing to do it when they talk to their drivers. It's instead of taking out a loan to do up your bathroom or go on that holiday or buy that new car, they're working Uber as a second mm. job in order to pay for that little extra luxury. So there's a, a real impetus behind it for the drivers. And But look, this happens the whole time. You know, back in our youth, we bought things called records, you know, that were made of vinyl. Mm. And then, you know, along came eight-track cartridges and then along came CDs. And we thought, this is fantastic. And the music industry were raking it in. Well, suddenly along come iTunes mm. and you can buy one or two tracks, not the whole of the album if you don't want it. And then they got caught napping and along comes Spotify yeah. and, and you can, for a small monthly fee, get whatever you want. And so if these industries become dinosaurs, something disruptive will overtake them. And the, and next, the next target for me is Foxtel. 
watch what happens there because people are getting sick of paying and it's not just Netflix, it's a whole range of other providers who will come in and give the customer what they want. They put the customer at the centre and all of these things are the same. Well, That's now why they're that successful. Optus have got the APL, <coughs> watch what Foxtel do next because uh, it's a big one. Three things to end on, Robert. Yes. First of all, the King of Moomba for 2015, Shane oh. Warne, is about to oh. join us the in great studio. Man. I hope you address him properly as the reigning monarch. <laughs> reigning monarch. You know, remember that. He is the king. Who is the 2016 monarch? I'm not telling you, but I'm having that discussion. It's not you. Mm. If, that's, if you're holding out some sort of is pathetic it, hook, it, it is not you. Is it me? It is not you either. It oh. is nobody in this studio. No one right. in this studio has a chance, um, but I, I will make a, a decision quite soon about... Um, who that important position should be. So it's the, you make the decision about I make who's going to be yeah, the... I do. Wow. Yeah. I, I just love... I, I warning, didn't realise there was such warning, power in your hands, oh, Robert look, mate, I'm just about unlimited power, to be perfectly honest. Um, I have... Yeah, Barack Obama, eat your heart out. Where's your king of Boomba? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm just, I was so thrilled and, uh, that Warney said yes, and he was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic and much loved. Mm. And I thought, when I have Warney, who else should I have with him as his queen but an extremely beautiful, very young Bollywood star? Mm. I thought, what could possibly go wrong? Excellent. What could possibly Nothing. go wrong? What's a, what a no, beautiful no, He was, he was wonderful. Just, Give him just, my very best because he's a ripper bloke. He it's is. an absolute galaxy of stars today uh, on the summer breakfast. Lord Mayor Robert Doyle coming up. Former king of Moomba. Oh, still no, raining. Serving. Raining. It's the raining. Oh, oh, when when does the yet. rain end? Uh, he's, oh, and, and, well, Moomba uh, 2016. Moomba 2016. Right. He goes all the way through. He serves he continuously. <laughs> it's, it's, all right, it's two like, more things. Yes. Uh, we, you mentioned Spotify. Yeah. Have you got a favourite Midnight Juggernaut song yet? Because they are playing at they, midnight they on are New doing, Year's. Look, they, they are doing a 10-minute soundtrack, um, which is choreographed to the, the fireworks. Watch out for a firework called Fan and Barrage. No, You'll know it. Sounds like a no. It's a beauty. Right, and the last thing, <laughs> the last thing is, is it acceptable to go barefoot in the supermarket? Absolutely not. Spot you know, it shouldn't be Thank anywhere. You. you know, it's no. for the beach. Thank that's you. it. Sorry, no. Unless you're some sort of unreconstructed <laughs> 1960s hippie, uh, you do not go barefoot in public unless you are on the beach. The Lord Mayor of Melbourne, Robert Doyle, with the final word. I've been wanting to tell you this all morning. We've yeah. had to wait because we had to speak to the Lord Mayor, but. Um, I'm not. I'm a reasonable man, but when push comes to shove, I will fight back. And this is one for the little guys, right? So, I'm uh, minding my own business, actually hanging out washing Friday afternoon, and my phone beeps and it says, uh, "Hi, you've just subscribed to and I'm it's Mobile Idol. I don't know what that is. You've you've subscribed to a game uh, site. Uh, you'll be charged nine dollars ninety nine a week <laughs> on your next bill." And you can opt out, push, stop, blah, blah, blah. So I, I uh, had had this happen to me before. It's just an absolute scam. You know, when you're surfing through the internet, all of a sudden you hit a subscribe button oh, on some Lulu, clickbait somewhere. I've got somewhere. no idea how I got this <laughs> yeah. website for nine ninety nine a month. Exactly. I'm not sure how I got this. Well, you know what? Schoolgirls doing... Oh, yeah, I know. On. Well, I've had a couple of those too. But anyway, <laughs> so I've rung up Telstra and I've said, listen, this charge has appeared on my bill. Mm. And they said, oh, sorry, it's a, a third party billing. Um, you're going to have to go straight to them. I said, hold on, you're my provider. This is your bill. You're charging me. It's like, no, you're going to have to go to them. Of course, it's a one three hundred number offshore somewhere that has got an answering machine. Uh, and so I've been very kind of like determined that I'm not going to pay these charges. Anyway, I sp ended up speaking to a, a uh, chap in the Philippines who said, we'll put a check in the mail oh. for your $40. Yes, and I went, oh, yeah, right. Anyway, lo and behold, the check rolls up. 
I've been refunded, but then it happens again on Friday afternoon. Uh, you're going to be charged $9.99 a week until you opt out, so I've got to wait for the next bill to come and go through the whole process again because I've accidentally subscribed to something that I didn't want to subscribe to. <laughs> this is very strange, but it is... You're always... accusing me of doing nefarious activities <laughs> well, in the dark and my thumbs are just like well, hitting anything on the screen. You do appear to be having some money laundering scheme out of the Philippines, <laughs> yeah. which has got me a little concerned. Well, I'm furious at it, that the idea that, you know, you can be charged by this third-party biller and it appears on your phone bill and you've just got to cough up. It's wrong. It's not right. No, they shouldn't be able to just select you apropos of nothing and say, mm. right, from now on you're paying us 10 bucks a week. Because you've hit their, you've, you've just visited their site. <sighs> That's an easy mistake to make. <laughs> you, you're being very cynical you're and you're casting aspersions. Yeah, there yeah. Are, all of a sudden it there it is. It was a pop-up ad. <laughs> I didn't actually search it. Yeah, that's right. I've just hit something inadvertently. I'm being charged. It's a scam. It's wrong. Must have been the kids. Yeah. Lawrence Mooney's a bit steamed up. You, so you've got you've got a what text happened? out of the blue that's charging you money. Yes, uh, I, I've obviously been going through a website somewhere. <laughs> with you know how some websites, especially clickbait websites, where you know it's a news type format. Don't accuse me of like sneakily <laughs> watching porn uh, in my leisure. I, mm. I'm talking about, you know, you, you're flicking through and there's a big fat ad that you might inadvertently put your ad, thumb on ad. and all of a sudden you've subscribed to a service you didn't want. So ad. this game app has popped up on my phone and it said you'll be charged 10 bucks a week until you unsubscribe, uh, you know, send your number to this number. I will absolutely believe you mm -hmm. if you let me go through your history. You know, I've, of course, got no history. <laughs> Clear history. <laughs> delete cookies. Let's go to Adam at Geelong. Adam, have you had this happen to you? Certainly have, guys. It, it happens all the time. Yeah, it's just all of a sudden you, you're paying for something that you didn't subscribe to and Telstra told me that they couldn't stop it because it's a third-party billing, so I had to go to the bill of themselves. Exactly right. Um, I've had website blockers, uh, as, you know, installed apps. I've mm. had premium SMS dropped on my phone. I ring Telstra, can't help me. I ring the third-party provider to say, talk to your uh, telecommunications provider. No one seems to have the answer to the problem, and you inadvertently try to close this thing or you know, get out of this thing and you inadvertently hit the accept button so you're getting charged, mm. it, it's a nightmare. It really is. And have you been able to get a refund from the, the party that's billing you? On, on three separate occasions, Telstra have waived the charge. Yep. And the third party uh, provider, they're not interested in doing anything other than Oh, we'll block you at our end and you shouldn't get any more from us, but that mm. never happens either. Mm. And then there's the, uh, just a plethora of, of other businesses set up under the same umbrella that keep charging you. Adam, obviously you're not alone here because there's a full board of calls here with people having this problem. Uh, and Ken Ed, from look, Cooey Rupp. Yeah, well, Adam, before you go, it sounds like a bad situation. Have some tickets on us to watch the Melbourne Renegades and the Scorchers on December 30 at Etihad Stadium. Double pass coming your way. Oh, Ken, awesome, guys. Yeah, good on you, Adam, and uh, hopefully you'll get to the bottom of it and get it stopped. Ken from Cooey Rupp, is this happening to you as well? Oh, yeah, mate. It's been going on for, oh, bloody hell, halfway through the, the footy season. I subscribed to watch one game of me Mighty Hawks, and mm -hmm. I thought it was a free trial, and this $15 bill keeps popping up. But in the meantime, I've uh, squashed my phone and got a replacement phone through Telstra, and I've, whatever uh, email address I used to sign up for Google Play, I can't remember it. And they can't trace it. They can't stop it. They just keep billing me. The only thing I can do is cancel my phone number, which is linked to my business. 
and uh, to try and stop stop it. What a it's nightmare. Crazy. I've been on the phone for hours, Tom. Sounds bloody frustrating. And, you know, usually I wouldn't sympathise with Hawthorne supporters because three flags over the last three years is probably enough joy in your life, but I can tell that that's pretty annoying. Oh, it is, mate. It's very frustrating. Well, Kenny, you can have a double pass too. Tickets to the Melbourne Renegades first the Scorchers on December 30. Another double pass for us. Enjoy that. Lawrence, we've had a caller off air. A bloke who says he works for Telstra says that if you go into the Telstra shop mm. and ask to have third-party provider SMS services banned, then you won't get this problem. Third-party provider SMSs banned. I think banned. Adam may have said that he'd had that done. Anyway, yeah. give it a crack. It's worth a try. Or just stop going to those websites. We'll sort of get through that. Stop the... casting aspersions on people who are being scammed out there <laughs> and are trying to get their money back. And you're painting them all as perverts and deviants. <laughs> Not all of them, just you. You're tall enough, mate. I'm just worried about my height. No, you're definitely tall enough. Because I, I, I was, really? Yeah. One, 178. Well, yeah, that's you fine. Were, we were talking about height before. You mm. said your, your father's 6'4", mm. a little bit taller than you. I was like, <laughs> no, you're a tiny, tiny man. <laughs> but I'm the, I'm the short cake in this... This duo. Well, the reason we got here was because Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, is 170 centimetres. Tiny man. Which I don't think he'd like to tell people in his homeland because he wants to portray, you know, the bear wrestling. I'm a great man. <laughs> Look how big I am. And Vlad wrapped up the year in, well, a unique sort of style with his end-of-year press conference over the weekend. 1,400 journalists. It went for three hours and ten minutes wow. during which he praised Donald Trump and repeated his call that Sepp Blatter should be a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yes, which is a great call, isn't it? And uh, we'll be throwing uh, the lines open and uh, will we to our Prime Minister, who will be a guest on the show this morning. It's Malcolm- been a huge show. Already the Lord Mayor, Warney coming up, and the Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, will be taking questions like... Vladimir Putin did. Any questions you want as his end-of-year wrap? This is a first for Triple M. We've mm. had Malcolm Turnbull on before. He's a great he, friend of the show. He was a great, great friend of yours, and you do so well to deliver him. But this time, we're going to throw the lines open so you can give us a call on 13353 or hit us up on Twitter at MMM Hot Breakfast with the hashtag AskMalcolm. The Prime Minister's open press conference via Triple M coming up later this morning. This is really exciting. We have a co-host in the studio for the rest of the morning. I could give him an enormous introduction. I'd quite like to, but everyone knows who this man is. Shane Warne, good morning. Yeah, good day, Lawrence. Good day, Seb. It's hey, uh, good to be here. Mate, it's good to have you in me. here doing some heavy lifting uh, right through till nine o'clock because yeah. we have run out of ideas. But it's been <laughs> two and a half weeks and we're spent, so thank goodness you're here. But no, you must have been happy last night, Big Bash League, despite the stars obviously not getting the chocolates. We had Usman Kawaja knock out a century on the MCG. You'll be there on Boxing Day. Do you expect Usman to be opening the batting? Yeah, look, I was pretty disappointed for the Stars not to get up because I thought they played uh, pretty good cricket to get up there. Would have liked to see them get on the board after Mm. losing their first game too. I thought KP was outstanding, played a great knock, and I thought the finisher with him, Faulkner, they would have got the boys over the line. But um, well done to the, the Sydney Thunder who actually got... Got there and hung on there, hold their nerve to get up and win. So that was good. Kawaja, I think, is a great story for us, to for Australians to see him because he was in such good form before he got injured. So to see him get 100, um, I'm sure he'd like to be back in boxing. I think he'll probably take Joe Burns' spot opening the batting. That's what I reckon. Is that performance from last night the one that cements him now? 
They can't I really think so. Deny that him. was probably his you know, trial run to make sure his injury was okay mm. and that he was still in good form. And so he's got some runs under his belt, made a good hundred too. So, yeah, I think he'll get back in. So on to Boxing Day, uh, they were talking about, you know, numbers being down because people have lost a little bit of interest, you know, because the Windies are just underperforming. Mm. Um, tell us what's going to happen. What do you, you think the crowds will turn out because uh, of the tradition? Um, on, on Boxing Day? I think they will. You know, it's become a, a real good tradition down here in Melbourne, mm. the Boxing Day Test Match. I think we'll get a good 60-65. I don't think we'll be breaking any records where it's around 90-odd thousand plus. Um, but I think the West Indies will perform and they'll bounce back. I think they're a pretty proud sort of uh, nation. Uh, they're proud cricketers and they're... I just think they'll bounce back because they were really poor in Hobart. And I think everyone watching it was pretty disappointed. And I think they would have hurt too. Yeah. And some of the people they've got around the team, Kirtley Ambrose, Courtney Walsh, Richie Richardson. They, I mean, you know, they all, when we love watching the West Indies play, they were all there all in the team. So I think they'll bounce back um, in the Boxing Day Test Match. I hopefully we'll get a good crowd. Um, so still plenty of watermelon helmets out there in yeah. the sunshine. <laughs> Injecting some vodka into the watermelon. Say, <laughs> yes. so, no, no alcohol in my bag, no. <laughs> it's a brilliant way to get it in. Warney, Christmas poses a lot of challenges, and I understand you've got one at the moment. Yeah, I have, guys. I've um, Look, it's a wonderful time of year where we all celebrate our mm. family and get together. And um, I, I, it's hard because, you know, writing a Christmas list out for your kids, I'm very lucky I've got three beautiful kids who are 18, 16, and, and 14. And here's the question to all the people listening out there and to you guys. As parents, can we buy teenage daughters a Christmas present? Because <laughs> they, all they want is clothes or a handbag or shoes. One, it's not cool if they're wearing a nice dress that they, one of their friends say. Where did you get that from? Where did you get that from, exactly? <laughs> uh, Dad bought it for me. That's not cool. Dad, no. uh, have, have they? Do they think we've got cool enough taste that we can buy something, not being the wrong size? No, because we're dads. And so you immediately <laughs> declare yourself as a... A, just a, a no daggy dad. That's you right. You can't do it. So out there, what is, what's the tips? Like we can't, I don't think we can actually win. Cash in the card doesn't really go, does it? Cash in the card doesn't work. No. no, it's a bit non-emotive, isn't it? One triple three five three. Yeah, I'm stuck. Warney needs help. Dads of Melbourne, how do you buy Christmas presents for your teenage daughters? How do you I'm get it right? Thing. Yeah. I've got a 16 year old and yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's so. tough. Mm. Like I, I'm not sure if you don't buy clothes, what, I mean, you know, you can't really buy a phone or something. You know, they want, that's what they're always on the teenagers. Yeah, you know, just buying technology. I wish I could buy a Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I wouldn't mind doing that. Do you consult or does that give the game away? I mean, can you go in and say, Look, Well, you can't honey. really say, hey, Brooke, um, you know, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, Dad. Yeah, you know, right. You know, I'm going to take, you can't really take them shopping either, can you? Because that <laughs> no, sort of defeats dangerous. the purpose, then wrap it up. That's yeah. sort of dangerous too. Yeah, yeah. what stage, yes. I mean, I guess you can't really, you know, they probably don't want to model the, the new item of clothing in front of Dad either. No, it's not, it's that's not daggy. cool. No. Dad, come into the fitting room and have yeah. a look. You know, <laughs> no. And they call you a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right, exactly. Hey, Dad, right. you've been a weirdo. Get out there. Yeah. So, uh, but you, you, your son's all right. He's taken uh, care so of. It's pretty cool. You can buy this a lot more um, scope for your son, isn't yeah. it? There's yeah. a lot more, it's a lot easier because the teenage daughters want to be cool. Yep. And really, dads, we all embarrass our kids, no matter what we do. Well, I do anyway. Yeah, no, and, no, no, that's... and even if you don't embarrass them, they still think you do. So you can't win there either. So yeah, I, it's really tough, I think, to buy for the teenage girls. I think it's real tough. So when I, uh, the listeners out there, please help. Well, Steve is from Sandhurst. Steve, Warney needs your help. What's your advice? Yes, um, Warney, my advice is to just um, take them on a shopping trip. So... Just uh, make yourself available for a few hours and head off to... Get out to Chatty, you uh, reckon, Steve? 
Yeah, yeah, that's actually what I'm doing tonight. They're open at midnight. So that's the way. On you, Steve-O. Let's go to Bobby at Seaford. Bobby, have you got advice for Warney? Warney, all I can say is take your daughter to the shopping centre and get perfume for a mate. They can't, uh, perfume's the best for them. I always uh, want perfume, the girls. Uh, thanks, Dino. Yeah, you, how are you going out there, mate? It's Bobby, not Dino. Oh, Bobby, is it? Sorry. Oh, is this, you know what? I always thought that the Madras innings of Dean bad. Jones was I, I, I overrated. Thought it, was, it sounded like Dean Jones. Right. <laughs> I, thought, I, I think your new nickname's Dino, Bobby. No, nah, Bobby McGee. No, it's not him. <laughs> it does sound a lot like him. Let's go to uh, Lockie. How are you, Lockie? What's your <laughs> advice for Warnie? Perfume. Um, I've got two daughters, same age, 13, 15. They usually just go with my sister, their auntie, and they, she finds out, works out what they need, and then she just lets me know. Biggest mm. yeah. thing it's always Not good bad. to have the uh, female interpreter there <laughs> to, <laughs> to decide exactly what they need. That's not bad. That's Maddie not at bad. Mount Martha, have you got advice for the great Shane Warne? Yeah, I think you should. Uh, I think you should buy them something that they can all do together, like something like an overnight trip to the zoo, or you know, something like that, where they can you know do it, do it all together and something that they'll remember and that type of thing. It's a, it's. A, it's dangerous uh, suggesting that a 16-year-old or an 18-year-old might want to go to the zoo with their dad. <laughs> yeah. You might be told exactly what to do with your, your hey zoo guys, trip. Gonna, I mean, it's a lovely hey guys, suggestion. Gonna, it's a lovely suggestion, a lovely thought. In reality, though, to pack the picnic mask in a blanket and let's go to the zoo, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to work for Chrissy. But uh, nice thought. And uh, The last one down in the up in the Yarra Valley, I should say. G'day, Ashley. What's your advice? Um, my advice is to buy jewellery. Yeah. Like necklace or something like that, or even an iTunes voucher. Um, the gift, I don't understand you don't like gift cards and all that sort of stuff, but I prefer gift cards and all that sort of stuff because my, my dad actually buy clothes for the me. That's what I'm saying. So, so gift cards, though, how do you wrap a gift card under the tree? You can actually get nice packages to put gift cards in. You can get little gift boxes to put them ah, in. okay. Yeah, there's lots of tricks. Okay. Um, table jewelry and all that sort of stuff. Or you, you get the box of company, just wrap it a little bit. Um, wrap some paper, or even put it in the gift bag. Well, yeah, or you can just go and find the biggest box you possibly can and put the smallest <laughs> gift card in there and just wrap it up three times. Uh, Joke. Did that to my sister a couple of years ago. It was hilarious. Good on you, Ash. Thanks for your call. Thanks to everyone who rang in. Warney is joining us as a guest co-host this morning for the rest mm. of the morning. So is that useful advice? I think that, thank you very much to all the callers. I'm, I'm just not sure about taking them shopping. <laughs> I'm actually just not sure because then what do you say? You say, okay, well, I like all that stuff. I'll uh, let you know which ones I'm going to get. You know, you'll have mm. to find out Christmas Day. Mm. Right. So, you've so got they to go sort back of know what you've got to go back again. Mm. And I, I'm not sure if that works either. It's laborious. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm and, sure. and, and you want to resist uh, taking your daughter into a jewellery shop. Jewellery is a slippery slope to <laughs> yeah. to ruin, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't well, mind the, the old bangle or necklace. Something's mm. not bad, but uh, it's going to be very Tiffany. expensive, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah. an expensive alternative. Again, you come back to that issue of Dad bought it for me. Yeah. And does that actually get worn? So interesting. And Warnie, Lawrence Mooney's quite close to the Prime Minister. Mm. Yeah. He's We're a, very lucky. We are very fortunate. And the Prime Minister's actually joined us. Uh, Mr. Turnbull, you, you've decided to hold an end-of-year news conference like the Russian President Vladimir Putin <laughs> mm-hmm. did. And I want to just start, Mr. Turnbull, by asking, Vladimir Putin firmly believes that former FIFA President Sepp Blatter should be given a Nobel Peace Prize. Do you support that call? Well, before I, I answer that question, and thank you very much for it, I'd like to say hello to you, Warnie. What a great Australian you are, and a tremendous leg spinner. I used to roll my arm over yeah. at uh, Sydney University. Um, Your and, arm over 
Yes, roll my arm over. Right, yes, <laughs> I see what you're getting at there. Um, I used to get throw the leg over as well, but that's a, <laughs> that was before I, I met Lucy. Um, now, in our answer to your question, Seb, uh, Sepp Blatter, of course he should be given a Nobel Prize for services to corruption <laughs> and uh, single-handedly ruining the round ball game. I think that uh, maybe he should be given the Craig Thompson Award for dubious <laughs> services to the credit card. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I did meet Vlad. Vladimir Putin uh, at the APEC conference. He's a little Soviet pocket rocket um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of fun. Of course, he's got a, a, a surprisingly weak handshake for a Soviet. <laughs> how a how does the Prime Minister spend Christmas Day? Well, that's a, a, it's an interesting question, and um, I I get together with family, as we all do. Uh, it's a very humble affair, Shane, at uh, my Italianate Palazzo in Point Piper. <laughs> we start the day with some beluga caviar. We move on to the foie gras, the coquavan. We have some champagne. Very humble affair. And then later on in the evening, I put a nice string of pearls around Lucy's neck to say thank you for a wonderful year. <laughs> Prime Minister, very good. a debate we've been having this morning uh, about uh, the supermarket and whether, in fact, it's okay to go barefoot in a supermarket. Market. What's uh, your view on the issue? Well, I'm, I would never go barefoot. Uh, I'd always wear a nice loafer, like you do, Seb. You come from a good family where the, uh, the sockless slip-on loafer is de rigueur this time of year. Uh, never a sandal with a sock. That's, no, uh, it's no, just a it's little a bit too ex- no, exotic for me. No, sock's not cool. No, no, that's not cool. I don't like the thong. I'm not a fan of toe jam. So a nice boat <laughs> shoe. Uh, I'll... I'll put on a boat shoe, the same I would use on the the deck of my yacht, Uh, but never barefoot, please. Some decorum, a little Uh, decorum. You can tweet us at MMM Hot Breakfast, hashtag Ask Malcolm, if you would like to ask the Prime Minister a question. Hyphen, who pushes the buttons, I understand one's coming through. Yes, we've had one from Carson, at Carsey Blaze. How many LBWs do you think Shane Watson will appeal in the Big Bash this season, Malcolm? Well, I'm not a big fan of cricket. Uh, I, of course, I do support the Sydney Thunder and <laughs> on you, Shane. We, we, we won by one run last night. I think that Shane Watson, uh, I, I'll put uh, 15 an hour. Uh, he'll appeal. <laughs> Is that the right answer? I just want to look like one of the boys. <laughs> well, he got done absolutely plumb last night by Glenn Maxwell, and he did walk because he didn't have too many uh, excuses. One triple three five three. Give us a call if you've got a question for the PM. Shane Warne with us as well. Yeah. Uh, also, Prime Minister, what uh, do you think the Boxing Day Test should be a day-night Test match? Have you been in touch with Cricket Australia Good at all? Question. Well, I think that the day-night fixture that happened recently in Adelaide uh, really does appeal to people. And also, it's a great opportunity to open up the new menu. I mean, you could not just have a pie or, or sandwiches, you could have a nice ragu, uh, <laughs> accompanied with a Sangiovese. And I think that, you know, maybe we can look at the wine and, and, and food menu there. But I think day night in, indeed. You like the pink ball then? I do love the pink ball. Uh, I've always been a fan of the pink ball, um, and I think that it's good for cricket. Uh, very much so. Uh, Prime Minister Chris Gale is out here for the Big Bash League, and we learned a bit about his home in which there is an entertainment pole to dance on, and mm. I, I believe he has what's described as a hanky-panky bed. What does that mean? Well, the hanky-panky bed uh, has a fine tradition in politics. Um, I have one installed at Kirribilli House and in the lodge uh, to entertain people from overseas if they're staying. They like to stay on the hanky-panky bed. It's just a round bed. You don't know uh, where your head should go. You don't know where it begins and ends. And that's the hanky-panky 
element of the bed. Is there uh, any mirrors around <laughs> the hanky-panky bed as I well? I think that uh, the hanky-panky bed comes with mirrors on the ceiling, uh, just so you can uh, They're make pretty sure. good, aren't they? Absolutely, they are. <laughs> I, I think that we're on the same page here, Shane. We share some common I haven't interests. Very, I haven't often have very many things in common with the Prime Minister, but it's nice to know that we've got I think a we're mirror a, on the ceiling. That's well, we're both great Australians. And we like to represent this great nation, and we also like to look at ourselves when we're in bed. And that's important. (laughs) The Prime Minister joining us. You can ask him a question, of course. Thanks to Lawrence Mooney. Malcolm Turnbull is in the house. And we had a caller off air, Lawrence, that was just wondering, how does the Prime Minister fit a Triple M press conference into his busy schedule? Well, he loves the M's, uh, the the PM. And uh, the thing with Australia, most people should know that uh, you basically wind down after Melbourne Cup Day. They say that, you know, Melbourne Cup is the race that stops a nation, and it's true, it stops it until Australia Day, because mm. uh, <laughs> we're all on the, on the lamb until, you know, that great day. So that's why the Prime Minister's got some time, but he's just nipped out of the, the uh, studio, and he's on the rowing machine. Uh, just, okay. yeah, Sweating loves, it up. He yeah. loves to sweat it up. Fair enough. Yep. Hey, yeah, morning, we were talking about Chris Gale with the Prime Minister. Mm. He's certainly a talking point of the Big Bash League. He's amazing. Uh, he's he's yeah. charismatic. He is, and I, you know, it's a shame we haven't... I think when you're looking through the last few days of the Big Bash team, there's probably half a dozen West Indians who have been on display <laughs> and doing really well. Yeah. And yep. then you look at the way the West Indians played in Hobart, so... It's a shame some of those guys aren't playing test cricket, I would have thought. Um, But Chris Gale, I mean, he's just good fun. You know, whatever you Mm. think he's like, he's exactly like that. You know, (laughs) if not a bit worse. But uh, (laughs) he's good fun. He loves dancing, loves having a drink and just chilling out. Like the whole West Indian race is about music and dancing. That's what they've been brought up on. Yeah. But Chris takes it to the ultimate edge and uh, he absolutely loves it. <laughs> he He's a good loves fella. Dancing. And he'll love the big bash. You know, he came out with a gold bat that's three pound and just whacks it out the park. <laughs> no, he struts his stuff. He loves it. Was that one of the most fun destinations after you'd won the Test Series to mm. kick back yeah. afterwards? Yeah, Barbados was always pretty good fun. Acro Beach down <laughs> right. there. Just watching two blokes play ping pong on the beach and you go, what the hell are these two blokes? There's some bloke rifling between all your gear behind it because you're watching these two massive units play ping pong. You go, what the hell's going on here? And there's some just rummaging through your bag they're stealing everything you've got oh, it must have been a lot of fun to play in front of a West Indian crowd where the steel drums going in the in the drink audience. rum and coke from 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> right yeah and uh, finish at 6 o'clock awesome yeah. oh they got and yeah they had of, fun they just didn't stop dancing or drinking for 8 hours a lot of noise too oh yeah, no, it was good fun. Good place to play. Uh, you don't need to smuggle the vodka in the watermelon over there. No, you don't need to. Oh, <laughs> you just, no. just put the brown paper bag on the end of it and you're away. <laughs> and you're fine. And Warney, loving your cricket crusade at the moment, mm. taking it into the United States, the All-Star Series, mm-hmm. you and Sachin uh, converting the home of the New York Mets into a cricket pitch. It was amazing to watch. And is it going to be back next year? Yeah, thanks, boys. It was. It was pretty exciting. I mean, the concept that Sachin and I came up with to see – um, some of the greatest players that have ever played over the last 25 years to take it to America, dropping cricket pitches at iconic baseball stadiums was a pretty far-fetched idea. And yeah, um, a- we weren't sure how it was going to work. But um, I thought the first game, New York at City Field, um, where the Triple M boys were there too. It was great to see Jay and Ed and everyone there, Luke, Mick. Um, you know, we had 36,000 people there in, a, I think it was 41,000 people stadium capacity. So just about sold it out. And the game was great. It all went well, and um, suddenly the cricket all stars had arrived. So we're very exciting about, uh, very excited about what the future holds. Next year, we're looking to do probably two series, I reckon. Right. Uh, one in America, then one somewhere else. Okay. Um, we're also looking at uh, Canada and Toronto. Yep. We've got a huge following about cricket. 
Um, so, yeah, look, exciting times for the Cricket All-Stars. And I think one of the things that uh, is also going to help us is I think with the 2020 World Cup coming up next year, I think you get a few guys retire. You know, guys like Malinga from Sri Lanka, he might retire. You might get guys, even someone like Chris Gale, Kevin Peterson might. I think he might be hanging in there to play for England in the 2020 World Cup. And then if we invite those sort of guys into the All-Stars, suddenly you've got fresh people coming in all the time. So the standard of cricket is always good. Yeah. Now, watching Sangakara and Callis play in the All-Stars was just outstanding a month or so ago. Now you can see them dominating in the Big Bash too. So, yeah, look, really exciting times. It was great fun to work with Sachin and do business with Sachin um, and see so many people turn out. And, you know, if we can take cricket to people that have never had the opportunity to see their heroes play live um, and hopefully some people that still love the game to see some of their players that they used to like watching all play together um, is pretty exciting. You know, we had... Little things like the Indian, Pakistan players, like all sharing dressing rooms. We had one dressing room. So that's breaking down barriers. We're all in it together. We're on one bus together. Um, we, actually, we had an absolute great time. The last day, Michael Vaughan said to us, he said, Rightio, who's getting married? The stag do's over for a week. I said, mate, when we playing cricket, what are you talking about? He said, oh, mate, this is the greatest week ever. So he thought someone was about to get married. It was a stag do. But, um, so three cities last year, LA, yep. Houston, and New York. And yep. clearly there's a, 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 an audience in America for cricket. Had there been a foray into America before with cricket before you guys took the All-Stars over? Yeah, there'd been, I think, uh, a few games here or there yeah. um, being played over the years. But I think, you know, I think there is a market there. There are so many expats um, from all right. the different countries, the cricket-playing countries, in America and also the Americans, you know, that it's it's quite unique because the Americans, like most countries, only like their own sports. But, yeah. you know, when David Beckham went to soccer and we have 25 of our greatest players, the big stars that have played cricket, you need the big stars to play like David Beckham did in soccer to grow that sport. We have 25 from all the different countries, some of the best players ever, some big stars. Dream team. That's it to play, so you got your best chance. And, um, you know, we were trying to establish the brand. I think we did that pretty well. And, you know, we go free coaching for kids at the grounds. And, you know, some of these guys were having Sachin Tendulkar batting classes or <laughs> they go over and see Kirtley Ambrose, Glenn McGrath, Alan Donald, Wazzy Macram about bowling. <laughs> I mean, there was just so many players there and um, we really did have a great time. It was a great camaraderie with everyone. Right, it, yeah, unbelievable lineup, And as I say, just looked terrific watching from back here. Want to talk footy too? Your yep. beloved Saints, they're in the rebuilding phase under Richo, but six wins last year, including a smashing of uh, Lawrence and I's Essendon Football Club. <laughs> Seems that they're on the right track. You buoyant about the Saints? Yeah, I am actually. I think, I, you know, we talk about getting games into the young guys this year. I think they've got some great people around them. Uh, the Saints boys, I think Richo's an outstanding coach. Um, they've got some, you know, Aaron Hamill's now in there big time too and helping the forwards. So we, we used to love watching him play. Uh, I say, yeah, I think they've got some exciting youngsters. Carlisle hopefully will be a good move. You know, he's, he's starting play to play forward or back. It's not been a great start. up and flying right now. Yeah, he's up and running. Yep. It wasn't a perfect start, but apparently he's um, up there and doing pretty well now. He's off and the phone. Ab- yeah, absolutely smashing it. So, yeah, look, and, you know, the guys are recruited pretty well with the younger fellas over the last few years. So, you know, mix that experience with youth, get 40, 50 games under the belt and some, and some good coaching staff, some and I think they're going to be okay. I and think six games last year, I think yeah. they won. Uh, that would probably surprise a few. 
I, I reckon they might just sneak into the eight this year. Ooh, so I reckon that eight, that eight spot's going to go. It could be anyone's, but obviously. But I reckon the Saints might just sneak in there this year. I and might I just like get it. on them too. Yeah, why A not? return to the happy hunting ground of Linton Street too. You would have spent some times on the terraces at Moorabbin. Yeah, I've been in there. I hope they open the Saint Disco again too because I spent some great <laughs> nights in there too. And as a single man, it's wonderful being in the Saint Disco. Saw some outstanding stuff. They used to give you a bottle of peroxide as you walked in. And you just have to quickly whip it through their hair in the uh, late 80s. Everyone had blonde hair at the Saints oh, then. Oh, the Saints disco. Oh, jeez. If only the carpet too. could talk. Oh, oh I'm glad it can't, but jeez, it was good times down there. <laughs> the discussion around the Moorabbin comeback for the Saints it's all about has the focused disco. far more on the disco than it Actually, has Actually, maybe I could try and approach the St Kilda Football Club and say, you know what, I'm going to open yes. up my own St Disco. Club 23 forever. Actually, St. Disco. Okay, hang on. I think there's something in this. <laughs> I think, you know, Bayside has been calling out for the return of the St. Disco uh, yeah. since the late 80s. How good would yeah, that be? St. Disco at Moorabbin. Look out. I'm, I'm, I'm straight on the phone after this. Uh, get Sin- Molly Meldrum behind it. He'll be happy <laughs> to get down there too. He'll definitely be happy to get behind it. Uh, that's fantastic. And in front of it. <laughs> I'm wondering if there'd be a few more sinners than Saints wandering through the door if uh, the uh, Disco good. came back. But Warnie, one more one to leave us yep. on. We asked the Prime Minister. <laughs> we ask you... Is it acceptable to go barefoot in a supermarket? No, it's not. Thank you. No, it's just a simple no, really. <laughs> and the socks with the sandals doesn't work either. Just put no. some runners on and don't have to do laces up if you don't want. Uh, yeah, put on. the Dunlop volleys on. Yeah, easy. You're not a fan. Of, I don't think there's a fan of flip flops or thongs mm. either. No, well, it's, Malcolm, look, no. It's, no. He, he likes a boat shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Like the boat shoe. Yeah. He's a, yeah he likes I like a, the thongs, you know, to be honest. Yeah, bit of leather. White thongs. Bit of breathability. It's the way to go. Yeah. yeah, well, from the man who is Prime Minister Malcolm to a man who should be, Shane Warne, <laughs> thanks for joining us this morning. No, nah, good on you guys. Thanks Cheers very much morning. for having Yeah, good on you guys. Have a good Christmas, everyone out there. Brilliant. And a very safe Christmas. And good luck getting the present too. Yeah, thank you. I, <laughs> I, had some, I was just looking at Twitter before. It's um, There's some great uh, suggestions there. I like the two concert, a yeah. couple of concert tickets. There's good. some big shows coming up, so I think that's a pretty good one. A necklace, uh, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, said, I'm very proud that my father bought me a necklace. So that was quite sweet and very nice too. Oh, so lovely. thanks very much for all the suggestions. That's what it's all Beautiful about. Look out, shops. Here we come. <laughs> the dads it. of Melbourne are out there. <laughs> From St. Kilda,